Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We now welcome in another Crusader great, another former All Black, Daryl Gibson. Daryl, good afternoon. Welcome. Good afternoon, boys. Hey, look, uh, I want to ask you this question. You've been in the coaching um, environment. How hard a job is it going to be for Rob Penny now coming in to replace Scott Robertson when he's been so successful? I always look at Manchester United. You didn't want to be the first coach in after Sir Alex Ferguson. You're almost on a little bit of a hiding to nothing. Um, what are some of the challenges facing Rob? Yeah, well, he's yeah, obviously coming in. He knows he knows the Canterbury way, Crusaders way, so he's already in advantage. I think that's been well documented, you know, the um, promoting from within or within the, the sort of Canterbury family. So he'll be well versed in that. The other thing going for him is he's got a um, see a changing roster, a few big um, you know, notable departures. But he's got this whole wave of uh, new talent that's gonna sweep through, you know, Crusaders rugby that have just been on the fringes and you know, I think one of the things um, you know, Master was talking earlier about Scott's, um, you know, strength. I think one of uh, his strengths that he's done incredibly well is his squad management and bringing those young players through. And I think, um, you know, Rob Penny's going to get the benefit of, of that, um, you know, as he starts his tenure. Yeah, totally agree, Gibbo. Um, look, at the end of the day, you've, you've still got some quality players, haven't you, if you're Rob Penny to deal with and, and, and that talent that's come through. Um, and, and the way that he's brought through the likes of Fergus Burke and, and you know, Dallas McLeod, you know, those guys are the Crusaders of the future. Um, speaking of the Crusaders uh, and the final, what what was your summary of the game? How did you see it? I, I just, what a fantastic game. It was quality, a quality game from the, the first kickoff. Um, you know, in particular, I thought the contacts from both teams had the breakdown uh, Intense, you know, the intensity they brought to that um, collision zone. You know, it had everything. Uh, the kick dueling, the uh, the skills of the players. Um, and then what I, I heard you talk about earlier, Marshy, um, what impressed me was the Crusaders came with a different strategy. You know, and I'd obviously mm. thought about the two losses that they'd, you know, the Chiefs handsomely won uh, regular season. Uh, and they... To their credit, and to Scott's credit as the leader, you know they've really outthought the Blues and they've just beaten the Chiefs, you know, at um, Rugby Park, um, playing a different way. So um, all credit to them. Um, fantastic game. Daryl, you work now sort of in that high performance space. I've had a couple of texts come in that maybe saying the Chiefs peaked maybe three or four weeks ago, struggled a little bit against the Reds, struggled a little bit against the Brumbies. Is there some merit in that? Crusaders losing to the Chiefs earlier in the season uh, a couple of times, but just sort of hitting their straps at the right time. Is, is, can, can we apply that sort of periodisation to this? Well, I think so. Obviously, what you saw in the Crusaders this season is they, they learnt through the whole season. You know, they had their struggles with injuries. They had to use lots of um, younger players, you know, squad players. Um, but they learned every game. Um, 
and then you could just see that momentum building, you know, come quarter-final um, quarter time, um, a big step up against the Blues, you know, that belief was growing. Well, probably, for me, the last team that came into a, a final series with that sort of momentum was, I think, back to the Highlanders, um, you know, came out of nowhere, got some momentum, got some belief and, and went on. Um, and that's probably one of the real real um, strengths of Scott. He got those players to believe that they could go to Hamilton and, and win. Um, you know, I'm sure he would have been pumping them full of motivation through that whole week. What What were your thoughts? There's been, you know, obviously a, a little bit of feedback, uh, particularly coming out of Hamilton, as you'd expect, <laughs> about, uh, you know, some of the... The the penalties, uh, obviously the yellow cards. You know, do do you feel that 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 they were vindicated? That there was any reason why Ben O'Keefe would be picking on one team apart from another? Yeah, I, I definitely felt that you know the Chiefs obviously looked at the the Blues Crusaders game and they knew they had to turn up the heat at the breakdown. You know, you yeah. can see that um, intensity from that the, the first go. So. You know, when you come in with that intent, um, you know, you're going to play with risk. And I thought, um, you know, both teams really attacked the breakdown. And if we were, you know, getting really picky, you'd probably find a penalty in just about all those um, those rucks, just with the ferocity at which, um, you know, the players were entering that, that breakdown zone. Um, you know, I think we're always going to, in close matches, look for um, decisions that haven't gone our way, but on balance, you know, I thought the, the referee kept the game flowing well. The ball was in play for a long period of time. You know, it was exciting to watch. Um, you know, everything that um, we love about our game, I thought was on show last night. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And I said that earlier. I feel that the, the, the justification in it lies in the fact that the, it was the pressure the Crusaders were putting on the Chiefs in those areas that forced them into making... Uh, bad decisions, and the referee really was left with no choice eventually because of that pressure. Um, another thing we've spoken about, Gibbo, is individuals uh, in the game. Um, you know, obviously, uh, there's been some omissions from the All Blacks, Stevenson, um, Jack Goodhue, um, in one of your old positions. Uh, was there any a couple of key individuals out there that you noticed that only um, probably enhanced their reputation? Yeah, obviously Sean Stevenson springs to mind. You know, his early touches, fantastic. His kicking, I think, yeah. probably one of his most underrated sort of assets. But you know, I was impressed just with the quality of the back three on both sides, um, and the teams obviously who, who feature a fair bit back there. It's just the quality of the kicking, um, and and the to and fro nature of different times the Crusaders would hold possession or they'd look for territory and, and so forth. So some really good decision-making on, on show. Right. Um, for me, in terms of performances, I thought, um, you know, the, the senior Crusaders guys really stood up. Uh, I thought Scott Barrett had a, an incredible game in terms of um, his work at the line-out, in terms of disrupting the, the Chiefs' um, line-out at critical times, his work right around the field, you know, his double effort. Um, and then Sam Whitelock, you know, again, um, just their experience to win tight games. I thought they managed the game well in the end period where you thought for all money the Chiefs should close that game out at 20 to 15, and obviously with the 50 try, but 
you definitely thought it was a Chiefs, Chiefs game at that, that point. Okay, I want to um, ask this to both you and um, Justin, uh, Daryl. We've seen, and Justin and I touched on this earlier in the first hour, but Cody Taylor, how well he's played in Super Rugby this season. We've seen how well Richie Mawanga is, but I'm not sure that necessarily under Ian Foster we've seen them play to the same level. Um, How much of a challenge is it for Ian Foster, and why perhaps players that play so well under a different coach in a different environment struggle in a new environment? That's a good question. I think, um, firstly, you know, Ian's got a job on to decide who is his number one fly half. You know, I think we've seen Moanga, Damien McKenzie's been incredibly impressive all year. So, and then of course you've got Bowden Barrett to for that much. So, we're certainly well off. Um, in terms of bringing the best out of players, I think a lot of it has to do with the, the mindset of the style of rugby that um, you're asked to play. You know, I can think of numerous examples where, you know, you get inflated by the way um, a coach has asked you to play. And equally, you can be deflated. You know, I think my time when I went to, to England and Marshall would concur, you know, you kick and chase. Um, carry the ball. You know. So for me, I definitely think um, that mentality that the coach brings to um, the philosophy and game style will go a long way to uh, getting the best of the player. Yeah, and I think that's the key, isn't it, for him? And and also creating that environment. Like, There's no doubt that those guys have got smiles on their faces. If you look at their week, they have guys turning up in red morph suits or whatever they're called and <laughs> running around the gym and you know it's an environment that that razor and that whole coaching group um make the players feel that they can express themselves on the field that they won't be told off should they not be in the right position and i think there's no doubt that some pl- players really thrive in that and that's the real challenge for foster to get the best out of every individual um Gibbo, i really appreciate you coming on as always before we let you go uh, obviously, we've got to chat about um, what you've got coming up, which is with Fiji. Are you in Fiji at the moment? And um, what what's the lead up for you guys now uh, heading up uh, into uh, towards France? So I b- bumped into Glenn Jackson at the um, at the terminal uh, after the the Indrua game, and he said he was heading off to Fiji to work on his suntan. But equally, there's some quite challenging games you guys have got coming up, haven't you? Yeah, now the next schedule um, for us. We'll see away next week, assemble uh, MCG for the PNC. So we play Tonga and Samoa. Um, and then head to Japan, play Japan and Japan. And then we're in a uh, warm-up game against France and then warm-up game against England at Twickenham. Mm-hmm. And then we're into it. So we've got some really, a great schedule. Um, yeah, plenty of excitement about uh, getting on the road and, and getting hands on the boys for you know next seven or eight weeks to see what we can do with them and put them in the best place to uh, meet Wales in that first game which is um, going to be critical for us. Yeah no absolutely love the Fiji. Hey look Daryl thank you again for taking your time out of a busy day and joining us here on the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run greatly appreciated. Cheers good boat.